Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. We are doing Vision Sunday this morning, so if you want to jump on to uh, my PowerPoint there, if you would, um, Phil, thank you. Um, we're, we're talking about vision, we're talking about looking forward, we're talking about in a, in, a, in a strange way and in a strange time, this is Vision Sunday, and you'll hear a little bit, I think you probably know by now, why we parked it just for uh, a short time um, during the month of January. I want to read a scripture um, just to highlight that. And um, as I say, I'm just taking 10 minutes here, and then Dave's going to come up and um, share some of the things uh, that are happening uh, that we're looking forward to this year. This is the verses. It's in Isaiah 40. We've been talking about this over the month of January. We've been talking about prepare the way. That's been our theme. And so the prophet Isaiah wrote this in around, they reckon, 680. Some of the theologians go as far as to say it was 681 B.C. So 680 years before Jesus came to planet Earth, the prophet Isaiah lifted his quill, and this is what he wrote, a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level and the rugged place a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all mankind together will see it for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. What a great passage of scripture. John came proclaiming that the kingdom of God is at hand and he came with the message to repent. And he was the voice prophesied um, from of old to prepare the way for the Messiah, the Son of God, preparing the way of the Lord. And we have come to the end of our 21 days of prayer and fasting, and it's been great to sense the Lord take us deeper into places in his heart. And um, last night was a great night just to finish that off. And oftentimes, I said this last night at the beginning of our worship time, oftentimes, most times for me, um, you don't see the results of a fast until the end. And um, some of us don't like that, but it seems to be that's when God comes through, when we've done the biz, and uh, God takes us deeper into his heart. And oftentimes, the results of fasting um, can be that God's doing a deep work in us. Maybe as we're praying for things beyond us, God is actually doing a deep work in us. And that was that this was part of our prepare the way theme um, in January, that we should set aside the whole month of January and uh, be still before the Lord to rest and reflect on the happenings of a pretty unique 2020 um, and see what, what God was leading us into in 2021. And with the latest lockdown coming um, before or after we decided to do that, actually felt like we'd really heard the voice of the Lord in it, which was encouraging. And as the month has went on, we've had a sense that the place of hibernation has become a place of habitation. It feels a little bit like the Lord has been hiding us. I have loads of things that I'd love to share to you, but I'd keep it for weeks ahead. But some of the things that I think the Lord has been doing in hiding his church, and as I say, while it seemed a place of hibernation for us, it can become a place of habitation, a place of love and security where we climb into the presence of God and know that he's with us. And so during January, we tried to distill our learning from last year and from the preparation of that in some practical ways, and and we did this around a theme called Community Rhythms 2021. And so as we talk today, I want to give you a little bit of how we see ourselves going forward in this year, this year in 2021. We're going to lift our heads up and we're going to look ahead a little to share some thoughts around vision and direction. So that's what Vision Sunday is all about. And obviously, this is in the context of so much continuing to be uncertain and unstable. We are aware of that. So we're not trying to impress you or be insensitive or unrealistic. And we're not going to try and give you a big tick the world by storm vision, all right? And we're simply trying to do what we've been doing over the last year to discern the will of God and to stay in step with the Spirit 
of God, where um, that's what we want to do. So, and we want to do this with an appropriate mix of realism and a sensitive awareness to what we're living through and through what many people are suffering as well. But at the same time, we want to continue to live with faith. We want to continue to live with courage and with boldness and with spirit-inspired vision and a lack of fear, all right? And so it's important we do that. But back to our scripture, back to our Isaiah 40. This text from Isaiah, where the prophetic announcement comes to prepare the way, this announcement comes, and John the Baptist, of course, is the person that embodies this prophecy and and. It becomes the forerunner of the Messiah, of Jesus himself. He is the voice. John is the voice of one crying in the wilderness that Isaiah prophesied about. And the prophetic announcement to prepare is laden with hope. All right, God is coming. That's what he's saying. God has not forgotten his people. God is coming to put the world to rights. And these incredible words are a window into what would happen in the prelude to the glory of the Lord being revealed. That's what the prophet tells us, that the glory of the Lord's going to be revealed. Now, these are radical words. They're incredible radical words. Mountains been made low, thinking about them. Valleys been raised up. Crooked places been made straight. All right? You've got to love that stuff. Rough places becoming smooth, becoming a plain. Like this is the language of supernatural talk. This is supernatural language, to say the least. God is coming to establish justice and righteousness on the earth. All right? And in preparation of the way of the Lord, which was ultimately the, the glory of the Lord being revealed, that's what the whole thing was about. This is, as I said, 680 years after the verse was written. John comes and embodies this and fulfills the scripture. And here we are right now waiting on his second coming. We are the church waiting on his second coming and the point of preparing the way of decreasing, of dying to ourselves, of us decreasing and him increasing is that the glory of the Lord is about to be revealed. We believe that with all our hearts. It's because God is coming to do something. Whether this means we are coming to the end of the end, I don't know. But what I do believe with all of my heart is that the glory of the Lord will soon be revealed. And we want to be the church that establishes that, a church that establishes that. God wants to reveal his glory. God is coming. And that is why we are sensing the word of the Spirit prepare the way. And so you're going to hear a lot about that in 2021. We're going to um, bring our prayer meetings around that theme as well because we sense that's what God has sent to us at church to prepare the way for the second coming of the Lord. And coupled with that, we sense God calling us personally in terms of a deep work of repentance and a, and a, a work of decreasing so that we... Um, look around the world at the moment and we see chaos all around us. You can't help but feel at this moment that so much of this prophecy is being um, revealed right as we speak. God is bringing some mountains low and he's raising some valleys up. And as a church, we must step into this space. We, we must declare over the valleys and desolate places of our towns and cities the word of the Lord. That's our job. The dry bones will live. The ancient ruins will be raised up. The downtrodden will sit at the table of the king and the kingdom will come. That's what we need to proclaim. That's what we need to do, church. And so it's exciting. And when we look into the mirror of the Word of God, when we do that, we can be thankful that Jesus came to set us free from our imprisonment to sin and, and death and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's wonderful. But we also celebrate the good news of the kingdom, which provides food for the hungry. It, it, it provides water, clean water for the thirsty, shelter for the homeless, a voice for the marginalized, and a home for and a family for the orphan. And when we look at systemic evil in the world, um, like human trafficking and the, the, the pornography industry, we can be thankful that Jesus also comes to proclaim the day of the vengeance of our God. And as prophesied by the prophet Isaiah, there is no greater champion of justice than the Lord Jesus himself. And one day, all the pillaging weeds of unrighteousness will be replaced with the mighty oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor, according again to the prophet Isaiah in 60 
51, verse 3. I love what Fleming Rutledge says. This is what he says of the church. He says, The kingdom of God is on collision course with the powers of darkness, and it is at this point of impact that the church takes her place. The church is located precisely where the battle line is drawn. The church cuts across culture. It cuts across every ism that there is about at this moment in time because it's different and it's powerful and the kingdom of God will be established and the Bible tells us that the gates of hell cannot prevail against us. So you can be rest assured that the end has already begun. It actually began 2,000 years ago. And when you read all the apostles' writings and all the writings of the New Testament, you see that the stage was being set for the close of the age. And here we are living 2,000 years later. So you can be rest assured that the end has already begun and we are living in the turn of an age. There is no doubt about that. The church's clock is not determined by the golden age. It's not determined by the Enlightenment or by um, postmodernism or by the technological advancement. The church's clock is determined by the fact that Jesus Christ has come. A new age has dawned in, in the world, and we are living in an in-between stage, waiting on the arrival of the King. It's, it is an awesome time to be alive. It's an awesome time to be the church. I believe we were born for this hour and it's incredible, a powerful time. Someday soon, Jesus will knock at the door, maybe sooner than what we think. And the big question is, are we ready? Will we be awake? Are we ready to take our place as the church? And so as we press on into this year, we, we will continue to refer to this, prepare the way, as I say, of course, different uh, differently from when Isaiah spoke the words because um, we already have seen the glory of God revealed. We, we, we have seen the full expression of that glory in the person of Jesus Christ. And so we are so blessed to live on this side of the cross. And so we have already seen the glory of God revealed in Jesus. But as we await his second coming, we allow these words to take root in our hearts and stir us to prepare the way of the Lord. He's coming, folks. And whether this is the final time or whether it is a moving of the Spirit of God on earth, I can tell you with all gusto in my heart, He is coming and the glory of the Lord will be revealed. He's coming and the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And so we are immersing ourselves in his presence because whatever shape the move of God takes, it will look like Jesus. And so as we go into communion, Amber's going to play for us. And just as we um, allow our, our thoughts for a moment or two just to focus around him, just to focus around um, the body and the blood of Jesus we are in a habit of saying this. We started last year, 2020, by saying this. And so our overarching vision again this year in 2021 is Jesus. Our vision is Jesus, obsessively, dangerously, undeniably, and undoubtedly Jesus. And that's why I'd love us to take a moment just to focus our hearts. He's coming, folks. He's coming again. And these, these things that we take, this, this piece of cracker, a piece of bread that reminds us of his body broken as we break it, as we take a piece from it, reminds us of his body broken. This, this little cup of juice that reminds us of his blood that is shed. Let me tell you that while these, this is precious for us to do and it's a command of the Lord to do to remember him, can I tell you that one of these Sundays, one of these Lord's Day mornings, we won't need a cracker and, and, a, and a cup of juice. They'll be insignificant, precious to us now, but they'll be insignificant in a day really soon because we'll have himself. We can throw away the photograph when the real person walks through the door. And so one of these days, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And whether you're pre-trib, post-trib, A-mill, pre-mill, I don't really care. You just gotta be ready for he is coming. So still our hearts, if I can still mine at the minute. Um, and let's take of these emblems together. 
I'm not going to say any more. Just let you do it in the, in the peace of your own home. But if you're with someone, just to break the bread together and to drink the cup together, knowing that this is what God, um, through Jesus and through the Apostle Paul, told us to do. Every time we do it, we remind ourselves of his body. Every time we take of the cup, we remind ourselves of the blood. So let's do that together in Jesus' name. Father, we're so thankful for Jesus, so thankful for the cross, so thankful for um, what he done and the price that he paid, humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. But thank you that with excitement in our hearts, we can look to a future day and we know that it's not too far away. We can look to a day when the age will close and he will return <laughs> like a thief in the night he will come the dead in Christ will rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet him in the air and so shall we be forever with the Lord that's the excitement that the church has got to look forward to and what if it were today what if it were today? What if it were next Friday? What if it were in a week's time or, or before our kids even go back to school if it's going to be in March? What, what if it were in the beginning of March? What, what if I were to tell you, we can't do that, but what if I were to tell you that it was so, so soon? Maybe it would alert us to be ready for the coming of the Lord. Dave's going to come share some vision with us. I'll come back after Chris then. Um, but the Lord bless you this morning. Thanks so much for this. Bless you, Dave. Thanks, Phil. Uh, good morning, everyone. Um, I, I, I don't want to, to take away from, I feel where we're at in this moment. I feel the weight of this word this morning is it's really heavy. I, I, I sense it in, in, in this room this morning, and I pray that you sense it at home this morning as well. And, and this is why, I guess, that this is where we were this time last year, that as Phil has just referenced, again, we simply want to say this, the vision solely is Jesus. The vision is, is all about him. And, and this morning, I just want to take the next 10 minutes and uh, just to go through just some things practically this morning. Um, the reality is when we say this, the vision is Jesus. The reality is we want to ask ourselves, how does this actually apply? What are some of the things for us as a, as a church family together, as a church community together over these next number of months, as we look ahead to the next four, five, six months, what are some of the things which we feel and sense that the Lord would lead us into? And the reality is, is the vision is Jesus. We, we sense oh, a number of years ago that this was the vision that the Lord had given us as a local church community was around this. This was our church vision statement that we wanted as a local people, as a local body to help rewrite the story of Craig Avon, Ireland, and the nations with the good news of the kingdom of, of God. And, and that, that can, you've heard that many, many times before. Perhaps what can often come with that is a sense of familiarity that you've, you know, you've heard it. But what does it actually mean for us as we press into it? And what we want to do this morning, we have six long-term aims, which is a church together, uh, where we hang everything under. 
And what I want to do very briefly, I want to just look at some of the things that are applicable for you. We have a, we have a massive strategic document that we have in the background where there's lots and lots of information. Uh, and the last thing I want to do is to bring you this morning information overload. And Manny, even when you're sitting so far away in your home is not in here this morning, I can hear a resounding amen to that. The last thing I want to do is to bring you information overload and to almost bore you this morning with many of the different things that are happening in the background. We want to just look at what are some of the things that are applicable to you as part of our church family as we do this. But you know, before I do start just into these six long-term aims for us very practically, as Phil has said, that this... Some people may be questioning and asking, how can we realistically set vision and try to look ahead for vision over these next number of months? Because everywhere, everything's changing all the time, so quickly and so frequently, isn't it? In the moment in which we find ourselves, things are just changing. And this is why I, I love this verse, and this is the, the New Living Translation, the NLT. And it simply says this in Proverbs 16, verse 9. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Perhaps for you at the start of this year, for us all together as a church, we just love that this would be the posture of our hearts. Listen, it's good to have plans and thoughts to be bringing them before the Lord. We feel and we sense that the Lord has given us some things, but hopefully you're hearing the Lord for yourself. Um, personally, some of the things the Lord is leading you into, but we just want to hold and frame it in this. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. And at the end, Phil's going to come up again, and we just want to submit all of this to the Lord again and say, God, we just trust that you are determining our steps this morning. So with all of that being said, six long-term aims, just a few points just under each of them for us, uh, and then Chris will come and bring a video which will be on your, your screens at home for you to watch with us. The first of our long-term aims is simply this, to prepare or to posture and prepare ourselves to help steward a move of God's Spirit in Ireland. And just to say, we are absolutely committed to this. We, we want to give ourselves completely to this in, in all of our ways, in some practical ways, some of which we've already started into. For example, the 21 days of fasting and prayer in January, which we've just finished yesterday. Um, we, we hope that you've been blessed through that time and you've sensed the Lord speaking to you specifically. But you know what? Off the back of that as well, we just want to make you aware of this. When we come into the period of Lent, so beginning on the 17th of February, we're going to have a period, not necessarily of fasting, but of 40 days of night and day prayer we want to really press into. You know, some people might be asking, well, listen, we've just finished a time of praying during the fasting. It's been 21 days. Come on, give us a break. And yet with this, we want to just say that we, as a church, we want to constantly just get up and press in again, press in again. We believe that the vision is Jesus, and we want to be passionate and intentional about pressing in and pressing in and pressing in for what the Lord is doing. You remember this verse that I shared a number of weeks ago, and it simply was this from Luke 8, verse 15. As for that, this is Jesus talking about the parable of the sower. As for that in the good soil, there are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart. And this line specifically, and bear fruit with patience. Feel that this year, as the, as the glory of the Lord would be revealed even in our lives personally, feel that there's something for us to press into, and with patience and with faith to be expectant for all that the Lord is desiring to do this year. And so with that being said, we're just going to get up and we're going to go again. We're going again. We're pressing in for 40 days of prayer. We'll be giving you more information about that in the coming days, and we would love for you to be part of that with us. We're, we're, we have started over the last while as well. We're praying with other church leaders. This is uh, something that's small at the moment. It's just happening. We're, we're meeting with just some other local ministers uh, in the locality. We're meeting at least once a month at the moment just to pray. We're believing just for the Spirit to be moving in these days. And so just to let you know that that's happening in the background, we'd love you to be praying and joining your prayers with us. And yes and amen to that. And then as Phil has already referenced, our our ongoing corporate prayer rhythms uh, will continue this year, and we will be bringing a focus around this theme of prepare the way with that. We don't want to just let this be a nice theme that we've taught in January. This is the posture of our heart for this year, and so we're going after it again, prepare the way, and so we're going to be praying into it. The second one of our long-term aims, simply this, to create a, a discipleship culture that releases radical Jesus followers. 
to create a discipleship culture that releases radical Jesus followers. You've heard me say this over the last number of weeks as well, that sometimes we can use the term Christian so easily. We're a Christian, which we are. We belong to Christ. And yet the term Christian was only used three times in the New Testament. I think specifically it was actually 269 times that it was the term disciple was used. This is who we are. We are disciples and followers of Jesus in all of his ways. And so we want to just create that culture within our community and our church family together. And so to do that, some of the things which we are doing, Phil's already referenced the community rhythms this morning. We are intentionally going after that. It's a common rule of life for us, for all of us, so that we can seek first the kingdom of God, that we can press into and take hold of it. We're going to be uh, beginning next Sunday, a new teaching series, which is around uh, the prayer course, the 24-7 prayer course. It's all based on the Lord's Prayer. We're going to be doing that for the next number of months. We're going to be unpacking the Lord's Prayer. We're going to be asking one another, what are some of the new ways that the Lord wants to lead us and the fresh ways that the Lord wants us to engage with prayer personally and corporately in this season? And to be able to supplement that which is a lead into the next part with life groups. We're going to be unpacking that in small accountable groups as well. So while we're going to be doing a teach here in church, the life groups are going to be unpacking that as well, just together, individually holding and together in small groups of relationship, together holding one another and, and helping one another to understand that practically and how that applies to our lives. We would love you to be able to engage with that, not just in our teachings here on a Sunday. It's great that you're able to listen in with, but we would love you to sense the life in and to sense and experience the life and community. So again, if you're not part of a life group, we would love you to get signed up. Please be in touch and we will uh, get you uh, signed up for that. And then covenant community is our covenant. This, this, this is the idea and the reality. We just don't want to be a church family, but we want to be a community that is committed together to follow after Jesus in, in, in all of our life. And so last year we did a covenant Sunday, our very first one. We're running it again. Next Sunday, Phil will reference this at the end as one of the announcements in the afternoon. So that's the 7th of February. Third one of our, um, that well, there, there's one of the graphics for it, and Phil will reference this again at the very end. Third one of our um, key focuses, our long-term aims, is this, to build a mature, thriving local resource church. Um, and three ways, just simply, that I have on our screens that we really want to invest and press into it this year and we're asking you to engage with it obviously again around the idea of community rhythms listen we we don't just want to have a church that's like it's growing big in numbers we want to grow deep roots into the things of the lord we want to mature in the things of god together we want that for all of us and so while it says to build we just don't want to build a local church we want to build a local mature church that can resource uh, all the, this area with the things of the spirit that we're sensing and gathering together. And so we want to mature it in the things of the Lord. And that's why we're pressing into and holding these rhythms together. The second thing is simply this ongoing development of staff and board structures. We, uh, we, we want to be a church not just for this area in Lurgan. We want to be a church that can help and support the work that's happening uh, right across the city. We want to be able to resource and support in many different ways. And so with that, uh, we are being intentional in our structures and staffing. And even at a board level we are, where we are pressing into decisions strategically for both the local level uh, and at a translocal level as well. And so just to let you know that that is happening as well, that that's part of who we are. And so much of what we're feeding to, you and bringing to you over the last while comes from many of those conversations and discussions. And then finally, just simply to say this, part of our focus over the last while uh, has been in the planting, over the last number of years, in the planting of Portadown. We've desired to see a thriving church established there, um, and that together here with our church in Lurgan, again, that we can birth and resource lots of different plants and kingdom initiatives in, in the city. And, uh, and one of the things which we are excited about is that Portadown, uh, our church family over there, are starting just, they're at a point of being able to press into, to, to, in, uh, to establish their, an actual building to acquire a building for themselves as, as a local church. Portadown are announcing about it themselves, specifically the details and plans. So I'm not going to steal any thunder. We're going to honor them as a church family this morning. We're going to let them go ahead and share that with their, their church family themselves this morning. We'll give you further details about that off the back of it. But needless to say, listen, we're a family together. And as a family together, we want to support one another in these strategic moments. That's what good families would do. And so we're having a special offering 
um, a special collection on the 7th of March towards the Portadown building project. Again, we'll give you more specific details about that um, over the next couple of weeks uh, with uh, specific figures and everything that they're pressing into. But straight away, I'd just love us to say this to our church family here in Lurgan. I would love us just to bring this before the Lord. I would love us to ask the Lord just to, to test our hearts in it to speak to us specifically, and that as a church here in Largham, we would invest in our church family in Portadown as well. And whatever you sense the Lord is leading you for and into, we would just love to bring it on that morning and give it. Obviously, we'll not be in the building necessarily. Well, who knows what happens again? Things are changing. But we would just love for us to be able on that day just to, to give from, from a heart of just what we sense the Lord is placing within us to our church family in Portadown. So just to make you aware that that's coming over the next while. Last two, just really quickly. Number four, again, is to pioneer numerous church plants around Ireland. You know that we, through Tabar, we are in partnership with other churches here in the land. But the big key focus this year is that we would just love to see a rhythm and um, new expressions of church planted and other things established in the south of Ireland. Much of what we've been doing over the last while has been focused around the north, but yeah, we have a heart for this whole nation. Uh, and so this year specifically, we're pressing into it. And then number six, I'll come back to number five in a second. Number six is this, um, to train and release leaders through a mature development pipeline. Um, three things on your screen, you'll see this. Rick Preston, uh, many of you know Rick, who is carrying him and Ruth together, just both carrying such a significant heart of a father and a mother and faith, uh, and just a real desire to nurture other people and faith. And Rick is doing an incredible job. Rick is uh, working two days a week or for us with us of the development of a pathway uh, just to train leaders. There's 30 young leaders already in that in a two-year process, uh, which is uh, beautiful to watch. And so there's much that's happening with that. We're looking at different developments with that as well over the next while. Specifically for with the third point, though, and this is one of the areas that Rick will be overseeing as well, internship will be restarting and recommencing this September 2021. And so to, to anybody who's listening this morning who's maybe coming to the end of school or taking a, a gap year off the back of university, we would just love for you to just prayerfully bring this before the Lord. If you would be interested in joining us for a year and giving yourself just to what the Lord would do through you, in and through you, uh, here in the locality of our church here in Lurgan. There's, listen, there's lots of different ways you can, uh, can engage with your internship. Again, over the next number of weeks, we'll give you further details about that more specifically. But for today, I just want to just make you aware it is recommencing. And then finally, and this is number five, we want to develop and coordinate citywide transformation initiatives. For this, we, we have recognized that uh, Chris Leach, Chris, who is one of the lead pastors in Portadown, Chris has been carrying such a heart for what God is doing here in the city, carrying significant dreams for a citywide transformation. Chris as well, who we've recognized, um, is, is carrying much, much favor at a local level as well. Chris is sitting on many boards and in many areas of council. He's speaking into them as a representation of church. Uh, and we, and we, we have uh, prayed and we've commissioned and we have released Chris specifically into this role. And so this morning, this is me finished now, this morning for this point, what I would love is that we would just love for both churches just to hear from Chris as he speaks into this and just to hear much of the vision around this area for it. And so you're going to watch your screens right now and then off the back of it, Phil is going to come up and just commit all of these again, all of these plans to the Lord. And so we just pray for you this year and for us specifically as we just press into all that we believe the Lord is leading. Just, but let's watch the screens and let's hear what Chris is saying specifically in this point. A couple of years ago, Lurgan and Portadown celebrated their 400th anniversary as towns. And on the 31st of March 2015, a group of people from right across this area gathered here at the Civic Centre to celebrate 50 years of Craigavon. Craigavon may not have turned out exactly as those city planners had dreamt of in 1965, but 50 years ago there was nothing here and so we gathered here to celebrate what has been achieved and what has been done in terms of environment, in terms of infrastructure, but most importantly in terms of community. As part of that night, we wrote down our hopes and dreams for the future, for the next 50 years, 
our visions of what we wanted to see happen and we tied those little dreams to balloons and we released them into the atmosphere prophetically releasing them into the future the bible says that without a vision people perish our vision as a church is to rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. And in these uncertain times, when the only thing that is normal is that nothing is normal, we need vision and we need dreams, but we know that God wants to give them to us. So where do we go from here? So for the purposes of this video, I want to concentrate mostly on the posture that we feel God wants us to adopt um, as a church as we engage in the mission. Uh, of transforming the city and the type of culture that God wants us to foster um, as we interpret scripture. So firstly, visions and dreams. We know that that's really important, but actually what happens at the start of the church is that the Holy Spirit descends in Acts 2000 years ago. The church is waiting to be activated. And we read in Acts chapter two, Peter quoting from the prophet Joel, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And so it's at this point at the infilling of the Holy Spirit and when the church is sent out, men, women, rich, poor, old and young sent out. They're sent out with the spirit, but they're also sent out with visions and dreams. And so there has to be a unique weight and quality to the type of visions and dreams that God wants to give us for bringing his kingdom. And this visionary big dream mindset is actually our spiritual birthright. It is a gift. It's a supernatural impartation. And so when we look forward, when we look ahead with a desire to see our city transformed, I believe that Jesus in and through us will give us the visions and dreams that we need to see our city transformed. And so when we hear about child poverty or inequality, when we think about mental health issues and suicide, we dream of a better future. But some of those dreams get turned into visions and those visions get turned into action and our city starts to be changed and transformed. And some of those visions and dreams come from you as much as they come from church leadership. More than that, if we start to reignite vision and dreams, we can do that in the hearts and minds of those that are currently finding themselves downtrodden by circumstances or ill health or abuse, could we be generous enough to help fulfill the dreams of those who are currently vulnerable in our society? Secondly, we want to work in partnership. Our city planners have visions and dreams for this area. A vision actually stretching to 2030, specifically that we would have a healthy, welcoming and confident community, that we would have a thriving economy, and that we would have a wonderful physical environment for people to live and to thrive in. There are many opportunities for us to partner with people around us towards this goal. If we will look closely enough, we will see that God is at work in lots of unexpected ways through diverse people and in unusual circumstances. Can we embed ourselves so much in the life of our community that we can get involved in the things that God is already doing out there, that we don't always have to be inventing our own things. Jesus said that the kingdom of God is like yeast, it's sprinkled throughout an environment. And if we are sprinkled like yeast throughout our communities, then we can cause everything to rise. Thirdly, we are people of peace. We are followers of Jesus and he comes to us in the fullness of himself as the Prince of Peace. Many of you know that peace in the Hebrew scriptures is this word shalom, and it speaks of a deep well-being. The absence of war, it's more than that kind of stuff. It's more than a state of stillness. It's an active, movemental thing. It's an experience of harmony and wholeness, of completeness, prosperity, and welfare. Jeremiah 29 verse seven says, to seek the prosperity of the city in which you live, but another way of interpreting that same scripture is like this. Seek the peace of the city where I have sent you and pray to the Lord on its behalf for its peace and you will have peace. So this prosperity, this peace looks like something, like activity, like action, this need to change and get better. But remember, peace looks like someone, not just something. Citywide transformation looks a little like programs, but it looks a lot more like people. It's people, not programs, that bring lasting change. And don't get me wrong, I love a good program, 
but ultimately they're just a vehicle for the people of peace. And that means you and me. Because God is a person, he always brings his personality and his whole personhood in the things that he does. That actually we are the hands and feet of Jesus in the places that he puts us to bring hope and life and healing and change and transformation and to reveal the heart of the Father to orphan hearts. Fourthly, we are people of compassion and justice. As well as our six long-term aims, we have six key practices that we believe that help us to follow Jesus in all of life. One of these six practices is compassion and justice. And we put these two things together because we find them together in scripture. And so we read in Micah 6 verse 8, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Much of what we do in church-based compassion ministry is to help people. This often looks like mercy. It is required at the point of need. When there is a crisis, mercy is the correct response. Our hearts are moved. We feel a deep desire from within us to help like Jesus did, to reach out with compassion. Nicola has pioneered this ministry in Emmanuel Lurgan for many years and brought lots of people along with her on that journey, and that's been incredible. But we're moving things to actually seeing more justice happen alongside that. Justice looks like helping people to help themselves, about creating circumstances in which people will thrive. More than helping the one, we have the opportunity to transform culture where people can start helping themselves in their hundreds and in their thousands. Many of you are put in places of influence for that very purpose. Mercy or compassion looks like giving someone food. That's what we do with Food Bank. We give someone food at their point of need. But justice looks like helping them to generate the means to help themselves in the long term. A great example of these themes of justice and compassion working together is seen through Jesus' interaction with this wee man who's up a tree called Zacchaeus. He's a swindling tax collector, a very unpopular person. But Jesus doesn't see this. He knows that Zacchaeus is a sinner, but he sees beyond that and he sees a person. He showed him compassion. He picks him out of a crowd and invites himself for tea to his house. They sit down at a table face to face. Jesus changes the power dynamic. He is the rabbi with the power and authority, but he invites himself to sit at a table with this sinner. And in doing that, Jesus helps to empower Zacchaeus to help himself because it's this encounter with Jesus that changes Zacchaeus' life around. And so my fifth point is that we want to value each person's worth before God. We need to rehumanize people as Jesus does in this passage. He's not Zacchaeus, the tax collector anymore. He's Zacchaeus, the man who sat with Jesus. He calls him by name. That's the start of the process of restoring his identity. Too often, those who need help are dehumanized by the systems that seek to help them. They're considered a unit of measurement. The unintended consequences of our benefit system places a monetary value on people and erodes their sense of self-worth. But with Jesus, the encounter with people, it's transformational, it's revolutionary. We often see problems, Jesus sees people. And we want to come with our solutions and our revelation of the truth and fix what's broken. We mean well, but often there's a power dynamic going on in this. We are the ones with power fixing people who are broken. How can we empower them to help them fix themselves? Rosabeth Moss Cantor said that when we do change to people, they experience it as violence. But when people do change for themselves, they experience it as liberation. Another word that we can use for this is empowerment. Jesus empowered Zacchaeus. Our English languages in Emmanuel are a very good example of empowerment. We help people to speak the language that they're going to need to live in our society and to thrive in life. Therefore, a key question in Citywide Transformation is not just how can I help, which is a good question, but how can I help others to help themselves? This can be a very quick journey that we see in the case of Zacchaeus or it can take a very long time and we need humility and we need patience and we need that from Jesus to see change and transformation. 
And this is something we are focusing on more and more through our Compassion Ministries. And it's something that we, we need you to do, using the imagination of heaven that God has given you. Which brings me to my sixth and final point, is to say that we need to learn how to be good neighbours. As Christians, we're commanded to love with the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our mind, our soul and our strength, and to love our neighbour as ourselves. Could it be that one of the keys to transforming our city looks like re-engagement with and reimagining of what it looks like to be a good neighbour? Could it be that being a good neighbour is part of the solution to addressing some of the massive issues in our society at this time, such as the loneliness epidemic and mental health issues? As we move forward, we'll be sharing in the days to come how we are increasingly being strategic in bringing about citywide transformation of actually filling in those visions and those dreams with action. We're seeing incredible favour with local council and with the Health Trust through our Compassion Ministries and the different projects that we engage with the community. Some of our organisations that are connected to us, like Links and Reach and Aspire, have a voice in the areas of their specialism into our statutory agencies. And we want to work alongside them and join with them in the transformation of our city. We will keep you updated, but ultimately the dream of transformation will come through people, you and me doing our bit. We have this little phrase in church, everyone, every day, everywhere. It's a recognition of the fact that we all get to be involved in bringing God's kingdom wherever he has placed us. But sometimes it feels a bit more like a strapline, something that's harder to actually live out but let's not make it so. Let's embody the good news of Jesus. Let's start with you and me. So I just want to leave you with three very simple things. Number one, visions and dreams. What dream is God putting in your heart for where he has called you? How can you partner with what he is already doing? Number two, in the spheres of influence God has called you, how can you show mercy and compassion and release justice? in the spirit of Jesus with humility. And number three, how can you be a good neighbor this year? In your street, in your community, in your workplace, wherever God has put you to have influence, what does it look like to be a good neighbor? And you might not know how to do that exactly, but I just wanna encourage you with the word experiment. It's our word of the year in Compassion Ministry. Let's try something rather than do nothing. We might feel restricted in lots of different ways, but there's always opportunity. Jesus' A plan for transforming the world is the church and nothing's going to stop it. So there you have it. These guys are great, aren't they? Um, better um, to experiment with something than do nothing. That's a great line, isn't it? So there you have our Vision Sunday. Exciting times. Um, even in the midst of a lockdown, it's important to look ahead and look into the purposes and plans of God. And as Dave rightfully said, many are the plans of a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purposes that um, prevail. A couple of announcements, and then I'll just close this in prayer and pray over this vision for this year. Um, it's, it's important to say that whenever we release Chris into the citywide stuff that we are both financially invested in that. So we, um, Chris's salary comes from Lurgan and Portadown. So it's just important that you know that. Um, also do, um, um, to, to, to help that, Debbie, um, Chris's wife, is being released two days a week uh, in pastoral care in Portadown as well. So yeah, it's good, it's good times. And we are excited about the Portadown building. Um, we had a board meeting, quite a, a lengthy board meeting on Wednesday night, and just the feeling was so good. Um, and Al and I will release a, a video about that in the next um, little while to prep us for the 7th of March as we um, invest uh, in, in our church over there. Prayer meeting is happening. The furnace is burning on Wednesday night, and so we're inviting you um, into our Zoom link um, to get together. Again, I say I know everybody's not, Zoom's not the flavor of the month, but it is great that we get seeing each other's faces, and um, so it's one hour, eight to nine, um, this Wednesday night, so we'd love you to um, jump on to that. 
And also, just to remind you of Covenant Sunday, um, next Sunday at 5 p.m., so our normal um, gathering will be at 10 um, uh, in the morning, and then at 5 o'clock, we'll be coming on just for 30 minutes. It's just a, a half-hour service, um, and we did this last year for the first time where we covenanted together for another year to see the kingdom of God explode in our community, and um, so that's uh, the purpose of that, just to, to bind our hearts together. I'm looking forward to that half-hour um, on a Sunday night. We did it at that time, and we did it short because we'd love families to be involved um, just as we commune together, just to gather your family for 30 minutes, and as families together, just to commit our ways to the Lord. Great. Uh, our time's gone. Thank you for staying with us this morning. Hope you've got the information. Hope you're excited that we are called as a church to prepare the way for the return of the Lord. He's coming. He's coming, and He's coming really soon. And we are the church. We are the vehicle. We are his hands. We are his feet. And we are his heart. And we are his mouth. And he is the head of the church. And so we've got to do what we need to do to make these things work. So let's pray. Let's seal it all. Um, when we make plans in church, when we make plans, I always say to our, our team uh, over the years, I've always said there comes a moment in all of our planning and in all of our strategies and in all of our programs, there comes a minute where we separate with the sort of professional gurus of our day. And where we separate with that is that there comes a point when all our plans are made, we lay them before the Lord and we say, God, here you go. And if you want to jumble them up and if you want to mess them up and if you want to rip them up, God, you're God, and we are subject to whatever you lead and guide us. So we're handing them over to God. We believe with wisdom. We've sought this, and with prayerful wisdom and fasting, we've sought this out, but we hand it over to God, and he's the boss, uh, and we are but his children. So Father, I just thank you today for um, what we've been listening to, for what we've presented to our church, God, Right now, just even as the father of this house, God, I just hand it over to you and say, God, your will be done. Your kingdom come and be on earth as it is in heaven. That's our prayer. And so, Lord, we give it all to you. Lord, thank you for our team. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for the families who have tuned in this morning who are listening to this. God, would you just bless each home. Lord, we pray into every crisis, into every situation, into every illness, into every cancer, into every victim of whatever is going on in that home. Lord, we ask you right now that whatever the need is, God, we send forth your power in the name of Jesus and we pray your healing virtue. We pray your your promises and your touch, God, just to be in every home. Lord, we just pray it in the name of Jesus. We pray a blessing over it all in Jesus' name. Lord, bless you um, this last day of January. And um, I feel like I saw on, at, the, at the risk of sounding a bit like my dad, I did actually think this morning the days are definitely getting longer and um, it's lighter mornings and a little bit later um, in the evening as well. So thank God for the spring is coming. I was walking in the park yesterday and the little snowdrops are up and I thought, oh yes, spring is coming. So Lord bless you and have a great week. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.